Hey, how's it going? It's Steve Durr. Today, we're going to continue our 2 Corinthians audio devotional podcast. That's right. It's time. All right. So before I read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 23 and going to chapter 2, verse 4, uh, let me just set it up real quick. You've ever had a situation in which you learned some new information, some information was uncovered. You gained a better understanding about someone's real intentions, someone's challenges, someone's choices and motivations and what was available to them. And your response to them and a situation changes because you get a clearer picture. Have you ever had that happen? It's like when you first look at a scene through glasses that have become foggy. You may ask yourself, you know, why would this person, why would this person, this organization, whatever, choose to do that? And in that moment, you might be in a situation where your view is clouded. You might not even know. You might be a little uncertain, a little foggy. But then as you clean the lens, as you gain more information, as you hear what's going on behind the scenes, all of a sudden the scene becomes a little more clear and understandable. Jumping to conclusions, making quick judgments is a common trap. It's easy to do. We may be able to forgive ourselves really quickly, but hesitate to offer that same grace to other people. We may doubt someone's good intentions, quickly decide something about them, and then continue to see them and maybe even other situations through the same smudged, (laughs) foggy lens, not realizing that our perspective may be skewed. The lens at times needs wiping. Right, Clarity is needed to better understand. Today's passage has the Apostle Paul writing to the church family in Corinth, and he wants to wipe the foggy lens they see him with. And he does this by jumping in to talk about difficult things that are hanging over their relationship. He does this by giving them a better understanding of why he made certain choices. He does this by revealing what is in his heart. And one of the foggy circumstances that was impacting his relationship with the church in Corinth had to do with an additional visit he told them he was going to make. But because his previous visit was so painful and he faced opposition, he decided to send a tearful letter to them with his ministry partner, Titus. Some in the church saw this as something to accuse Paul with. Paul, you're a liar. You said you were going to come. You're a liar. You didn't come. Paul, you're not reliable. You don't keep your word. They argued that their opposition to him was warranted. And so Paul pulls out his little microfiber cloth and he tries to clean their lens. He tries to give them clarity on why he sent a difficult, tearful letter instead of coming when he and they originally expected. Now, I want you to hear his heart here. Hear Paul's heart. He says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting verse 23. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't want to return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe rebuke. 
but that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy, for it is by your own faith that you stand firm. So I decided that I would not bring you grief with another painful visit, for if I cause you grief, who will make me glad? Certainly not someone I've grieved. This is why I wrote to you as I did, so that when I do come, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that my joy comes from your being joyful. I wrote that letter in great anguish, with a troubled heart, and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have for you. Now, Paul here seems to be saying, listen, everybody, I wasn't being fickle. I wasn't being deceitful. I wasn't being unorganized. (laughs) I wasn't being untruthful or untrustworthy. I'm not wishy-washy. I made a difficult choice. I made a difficult choice to wait. Why? As Paul Harvey would say, let's hear the rest of the story. That's a pretty bad Paul Harvey. Sorry. Paul then, what does he do? He reveals his heart. He reveals his motivations. He tries to clean their lens to help them understand what's going on with him in the situation. He didn't want to see things get worse. He wanted to see healing take place, reconciliation take place, understanding, more clarity and truth brought into the light. He knew that another quick visit after the last one, which was a disaster, would could potentially made things worse. He wants that church family to be full of joy. He wants them to be able to stand firm in their faith. He doesn't want to pile on more grief more pain, more personal rebukes. He loves them with all of their struggles, with all of their questions about him. In the midst of all the hurt they've delivered him, he loves them. And he reaffirms, even in the section of, of scripture, he reaffirms his love for them in this letter. Now, if, if it's me and I've been like treated poorly, it's easy to either want to ignore it altogether, peace fake it, right? Or just leave them all together. You're on your own. You blew it, right? Paul fights for the relationship. What a powerful, difficult, necessary, Jesus-centered thing to do. He fights for the relationship. He says, I'm going to have to say some difficult things, but he continues to reaffirm his love for them time after time. Paul has to bring some correction. He's got to bring some adjustment to them, call them to repent, to change their thinking, to change their direction. But do you hear how he does it? He's like, I'm not here to dominate you. He doesn't do it in a dominating, flippant, smash and own the opponent kind of way that we hold up so high nowadays, right? He's filled with great anguish. I mean, you can sense the anguish he has. He's troubled. He wrote this with tears in his eyes. Paul loves this church. He sacrificed for this church. This is Jesus' church, not his. And he wants them to experience life in the way of Jesus. And he's willing to wade into difficult relational situations if it means 
Together they're reconciled and together they walk toward Christ and into his image together as a church. And so he shares his love for them. And at the same time, he shares truth with them. I know for me, and maybe you can relate to this, when someone I know who I know loves me and they love me for me, I know they believe in me. I know they support me. I know they're committed to walking with me. And when someone like that shares something difficult for me to hear or a personal challenge for me to grow, I am so much more open and receptive to hear that from someone who loves me, who seeks to understand me, who is curious about what's going on in me and Uh, and why I did what I did, who wants me to grow than someone who doesn't appear to care or desire to understand or even doesn't wish me well, you know? I mean, when it's someone you know and they love you and they start from that place of love, it is amazing how it provides hope for me that change is possible. It helps free me from shame. Shame is that thing when you say, It's not, I did something wrong, right? That's conviction. Like I did something wrong here and and that's not right. And it needs to be made right. Shame, on the other hand, feels like it's not that I just did something. I am wrong. I am fully a, uh, a wrong person. I am a failure. I am, it's a condemnation. And when I spend time with someone who loves me and who shares with me, I find hope. It's like a scripture says, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so today, um, I just love Paul's heart. I wanted you to just hear Paul's heart in this passage today, that he was willing to fight for relationship and not win an argument, but win the people. And in today's world, that often throws us into different tribes, even as followers of Jesus, I love the picture of saying, though we may be different, though we may think differently, though we may sometimes hurt each other, though these things happen, let us continue to love each other enough to talk, to listen, to pray, to understand, and to seek to wipe the lens clear so we can see how to move forward. And so in your own life, Are you open to what God might want to say to you? And are you open to what God might want to say through you? How is God getting your attention today? What transformation and change does he want to bring about? Maybe today you just need to be reminded that God loves you and that God in his kindness loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to keep you that way, right? How is God leading you today? Let's pray. God, thank you for this letter, this letter in the Bible that is real and raw and dealing with a lot of relational hurt and just real life stuff. You knew we needed it. And God, would you give us your gracious, clear eyes to see truth and to be a people that love you and love others in such a way that together, empowered by your grace and spirit, we move more and more 
in your way and are transformed more and more into your image. What is it that you want to say to us today in your kindness and love? And then God, is there anything that you'd have us share? Maybe there's something, a difficulty we're having with another person and we just haven't even talked about it. God, would you reveal the best possible way in a God-honoring, other people-honoring way to share those difficult things that we might find healing and be unified together moving forward. We love you, God, and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.